You are now entering the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Welcome to 40 Going On 14. I am Mike. I am Patrick. I'm Joel. And I'm Josh. And, you know, I've been preparing for The Simpsons show, and I realized that there's only so much you can do after you've reached a certain number of shows with regards to running out of ideas and topics. So join us next week on 40 Going On 14 when we talk about popular music then and now. <laughs> Yay! You know what we should do? We should do a show about redheads. Hooray for Zoe <laughs> Berg. We should do a show with a theme. Yes. Themes of then and now. It's <laughs> an interesting concept. Yeah. It could work. All right. So, show 95. And uh, we are talking about The Simpsons. We are talking yeah, about- this, is, this is a really special topic to a lot of us. Uh, not only do we regularly quote Simpsons to the point where we sometimes forget the origins of the catchphrases we're running around. Uh, I mean, what we just did, like the opening credits and then the end of the credit, a uh, rotating gag. Uh, I have talking to people. It's a uh, total homage to The Simpsons couch gag. Always yeah. has been. And uh, Simpsons, I mean, just one of those things that I th- one of the few things I think we all agree on. Yeah, it's my personal favorite sitcom of all time. Which it's probably my favorite television show of all time. And Jurassic Park, we all agree on that. <laughs> Jurassic Park's not a sitcom, but we all vehemently agree that we love this show. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, there's there's no doubt at all. No, we'll see what we have to say when we come to the second half about whether or not we still love this show. <laughs> That'll be part two. So, but in the but mean- in its heyday, oh, it was it, it could not be beat. <laughs> uh, that was terrible. What was that? <laughs> I, don't know, I think he just shocked himself. It was supposed to be Krusty the Clown. Hooray for Zoidberg! All right. <laughs> that, that was Zoidberg impersonating Krusty the Clown. Yes, there you go. Nuance. You know what else has nuance? Many levels. The shows of the Musings of a Geek podcast network. What? Yes. I didn't see that coming. They have nuance? Yes. They have nuance, yes. Nuance. Nudons. Nobody wants old yance anymore. Yes. Uh, if you go to the Musings of a Geek podcast network, you can listen to such shows as The History of Bad Ideas, Pilots, Dark Angels and Pretty Freaks, The Pittsburgh Nerd Pod, 365 Flicks, and Red Horse Radio. Woo. But apparently you can't listen to our show. <laughs> yes, yeah, so we have joined the left field sports lounge in <laughs> obscurity. Yeah. So, uh, though, what's not obscure is uh, Geek Life Radio. Saturdays at noon. Geek While Life. you're on the Iditarod. Yes. Yes, you can actually listen to Geek Life Radio at any time, but you'll hear us Saturdays at noon. At the Iditarod. <laughs> I think Mike is lost. Yes. Lead us. I'm leading you. We'll lead into listener feedback as soon as we give the phone number. Yes, if you'd like to leave us feedback, uh, you can always give us a call at 708-NOW-RAP. That's 708-669-9727. If you want to check out our other shows, you can always catch our archives on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, or TalkShoe. And you can also reach us on Twitter at 40Go14 or 
on email by email at 40go14 at gmail.com. You can also leave us feedback by putting your guitar too close to the monitor. See what I did there? I feel like Mike reads the show notes from the bottom up sometimes. That wasn't me. That was Joel. <laughs> no, I'm talking about how you, you said, let's talk about listener feedback after we give you the phone number. <laughs> All right. In that case, yes, I did. <laughs> so in the me. <laughs> Aww. Uh, so what about some what about some listener feedback? I bet we've got some voicemails. We do have some voicemails, and they're not from Charlie. I what? Didn't Charlie's realize. on the road to come kill us. Such a thing was possible. <laughs> so, uh, and uh, I didn't screen these either. Oh, good. <laughs> Hello, forty going on fourteen. This is Luke from Chicago. So, I was listening the other day to the uh, role playing game show. And holy shit, Joel is funny. When does that happen? Maybe it's because he's all pumped up on going on vacation, but I don't know. It's a nice, uh, it's a nice change. Um, sorry, buddy. Hashtag Joel's not funny. Um, also, uh, yeah, I, I was worried for a minute, you know, because I was listening to the show on a plane, and I was worried it was kind of a lost situation, and that we'd actually crashed or gone to purgatory or whatever happened. In love, so I don't know. Spoilers. Um, not really. A little worried that it happened, but then, you know, we got back and I guess everything was uh, was fine. Also, in terms of talking about running a group, um, who, so then how, I wonder how much does that relate to the actual uh, workings of something like The Guild, which is one of my favorite web series, and, uh, you know, maybe some Vork, uh, vork, vork Power. Yeah, Vork Power, that'd be awesome. All right, that's it. Um, oh, one more thing. Being funny on a comedy podcast, I think that is, in fact, the definition of adequate. Kisses. Luke, there's a uh, box of moths on the way to you for your Hawaiian shirt collection. <laughs> At first, <laughs> I was like, uh, oh, what's going on here? Joel wasn't on the MMORPG show. I'm like, oh, shit, he's doing a beat. Uh, he's doing a bit here. <laughs> oh, an update. The doors are not cool. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, to, to address your uh, query about how running a uh, guild in an MMO is different from the show The Guild, uh, The Guild itself seems to, because they've got that small cast, only feature their party of like six people. Whereas you've got a heck of a lot more drama when you're dealing with like 25 raiders plus like probably 11 who sit on the bench in case somebody doesn't show up. And it's uh, usually a little less funny, a lot more like drama over nothing. Seeing grown men and women getting upset because their elf didn't get the uh, magic hat, that sort of thing. <laughs> I remember when Pat did that. Hey, that was a nice hat. It wasn't a fedora, though. Thank God. Nobody wears those. Except perhaps our next caller. Hey, this is Luke from Chicago again. I realized that it wasn't the role-playing show that I was thinking of. I'm pretty sure it was actually the late-night talk show. Um, partially, that I, I'm confusing the shows because I was a little... Uh... <laughs> well, now we know where Charlie is. <laughs> <laughs> One down. He just picked off Luke. <laughs> oh, wow. So he wasn't taking shots at Joel. <laughs> so, Luke, that's, that's what you get. Charlie will come find you if you take shots at me. Well, that's what's funny is he actually confused the show. I thought it was like this meta humor. It's like, wow, Joel was spectacular on the show he didn't appear on. Exactly. That's what I thought it was, too. Uh, apparently, we gave Luke too much credit for that joke. <laughs> but that's okay. Charlie found him. <laughs> Good job, Charlie. <laughs> 
So yeah, that's all the voicemails for this week. You you could stop, Charlie, if only you spoke Covitos. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Sick reference, bro. <laughs> I uh, think it's about that time. It is it? about that time. Alright. <clears throat> this week in music. Movies and TV. And sports. <laughs> All right. So this weekend was this. You know sem- what? Before you start, there's always you know there's always a little part of Joel that before we before the music starts, right? That that little beat before it starts, he's hoping he's going to hear. Oh he yeah, throw so much more movies. <laughs> yeah, I gotta I gotta download the other one since I'm doing the the bumpers now. Anyway, moving on. Sorry. All right. So the fourth is this weekend. I don't know what the. Hell, I was thinking of this weekend, December fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine. What? Oh, you went to the next page. I, I no, I I was thinking about this weekend, and well, you started talking about Joel, and I drifted off and started thinking <laughs> about the Fourth of July. So, uh, this week, December seventeenth, nineteen eighty nine, is the premiere of The Simpsons on Fox. So after their uh, Tracy Ullman show, okay, cool thing. So uh, I know me- exactly where I was that night. You gonna well, share that? Or well, gonna... we're waiting. Oh, uh, I was at a youth, I was at a youth group Christmas party, and we were watching The Simpsons premiere as a group, all of us, and I was so excited. It was a Christmas party, <laughs> literally. So, music. The number one song in the land is "We Didn't Start the Fire" by Billy Joel. But in reality, it was Charlie. Wow! Yeah, I'm impressed. He didn't but, read the rest yeah, of that. Did not read that. <laughs> Mike is learning to censor himself when he's reading the show notes. Because that's another bad in- band, isn't it? Yeah, there is an actual band named that, but anyway, okay. moving on. Uh, Jordan Sparks is an American singer, songwriter, and actress born on December 22nd. In 2007, she rose to fame after winning the sixth season of American Idol. At age 17, she became the youngest winner in the series' history. Oh, okay. Who is that? See, I'd heard the name, but I just learned more about her than I knew. All right, and 1989, Taylor Swift is born December 13th. If you don't know who she is, get out from under your rock. I, I have a confession. I am, like, secretly pr- a pretty big Taylor Swift fan. We might talk That's... about her next week, but we'll get to that later. That's not a secret, Josh. We know that. Yeah, yeah. Who doesn't like Taylor Swift? She's awesome. She is I, awesome. I don't... I mean, I don't, I'm pretty much nothing her music, but I think she's gorgeous. Well, and I think that one of the reasons why I end up – I find if it's inoffensive pop music, if I like the person, like from interviews and whatnot, at least the person they portray themselves as, I tend to like their music better. And she I, just I seems like that. a genuinely awesome person. So. I like – I mean, pop, pop music is also the, the perfect venue for that, to like like the person, to make them like your music. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she seems like a genuinely good person. Plus, she's like 5'11 and attractive. And and she's beautiful. She really is. I like the interview with her and John Cleese, where they they showed a picture of her cat. And John Cleese is like, is that your cat? Yes, that's my cat. He's like, what's wrong with it? (laughs) (laughs) He just starts dogging on her cat. It was pretty funny. All right, so. But apparently only to me. I see what you did there. (laughs) (laughs) Movies. The number one movie is Driving Miss Daisy, which makes $102 million. Wow. That's a I love movie. you, Hoke. What? That was his name. That was Morgan Freeman's character's name in the movie, Hoke. Oh. I saw it in the theater. I thought you said Hulk. <laughs> <laughs> Hulk. 
<laughs> I love you, Hulk. Hulk mm. smash. <laughs> Hulk drive Miss Daisy. <laughs> that would have been an even better. Yeah, I would watch that. <laughs> It'd be called throwing Miss Daisy. <laughs> Uh, Born on the 4th of July premieres on December 20th, and two days later, Tango and Cash and Always premiere. Oh, one movie is better than the other, but I won't say which one. I... I'm curi- I'm curious to see where you stand on this one. Always is better. The but... constant debate. Always or Tango and Cash? We've had many nights <laughs> sitting up. How many nights do we sit awake debating that? Okay. In college, when we weren't talking about dancers, we were talking about Tango and Cash. <laughs> 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 That was just—it was never ending. I, we got in so many fights and arguments over that. It was just yeah. <laughs> trying to go to bed, someone opens their door. Tangle and cash. Bristakov. <laughs> I kind of agree with Pat's statement that always is a better film than Tango and Cash, but I know which one I'd want to see again. Yes, agreed with that. You on that? John Goodman was really good in Always. Or am I thinking of a different movie? <laughs> I'm but, just imagining. What do you think? We haven't seen him in forever, and suddenly Ghost just sticks his head out of the door. Dang it, Cash! <laughs> I think you're thinking of a different film. I don't uh, know what you're thinking of, though. With, I think. And uh, I think we talked about it on the show. No, I'm thinking who dies, right? And he keeps coming back. At, you know, yeah, I, always. John Goodman, Richard Dreyfus. Yeah. Oh, okay. Holly Hunter. Yeah. I thought that was Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson film. What are you thinking of? Always. No, it was Steven Spielberg. No, I'm not thinking of that one. All right, so TV. The top shows of the day are Roseanne, A Different World, and Cheers. So make of that what you will. On December 18th, a previously unaired Christmas episode of I Love Lucy, a show about a basset hound, was aired for the first time after being discovered earlier in the year. <laughs> I just caught that stupid parenthetical. <laughs> Josh used a big word. You're talking about my dog. She's asleep yep. next to me. There's a throw. That, that was a little throw-in line for you, Joel. Because yeah. I love Lucy, and I love my dog Lucy. So, and he Thanks. loves Lucy. Thanks, Pat. Yeah. Like, that's so weird. Lucy, there's I love Lucy, the Lucy show. <laughs> there's another reference. Nice one. Sick uh, reference, I'm- bro. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking that is such a weird topic for a Christmas episode of a classic comedy. Like <laughs> Ricky gives her a basset hound. <laughs> Lucy, you and, cannot be in the show, but you can take care of this dog. <laughs> and then I figured it out and I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I feel kind of dumb now. <laughs> <laughs> so America's. You know, I was about to go look it up on the Internet. <laughs> Oh, God damn it. America's longest-running sitcom debuts on December 17th as The Simpsons makes its jump from, uh-oh, TTUS, acronym of the week. Yes, that's testicle touching under socialism. <laughs> Once again, it's back to dicks. <laughs> uh, yeah. Seems to all be related. Yeah, usually. We have something and in the crotchal region with we never We never seem to make a political statement, but I think we are now. Um, the 80s and 90s were very crotch-oriented. Well, with especially, the Cold War, you had to be. Cause everything, especially behind the Iron Curtain. Everything was cold and shrunk up, so testicle touching was actually a kind of a more challenge then. As was the style at the time. <laughs> We did a lot of testicle touching, as was the style at the time. Ah, but Ricky, I want the dog. So, TTUS, what is that, Pat? Well, I think you guys know what that is. Come on. That's the Tracy Allman show. Ah. So. I don't think it is. 
And almost in transition, the day before, the animated show, The Karate Kid, ends its run on December 16th, passing on the torch to The Simpsons on the 17th. Yeah, but don't forget Chuck Norris' Karate Commandos. Rest in peace. I think think we all did forget that show. (laughs) I, I have his Corvette toy in my basement. Well, you better Chuck. give it back. He doesn't come back and kick your ass. <laughs> yeah. You better figure, pray he never figures out where you've hidden it. He's like, Chuck <laughs> Norris is in his house. Where the hell is that Corvette? Uh, that was a collector's item. Um, <laughs> my toy Corvette has been missing all these years. <laughs> so uh, Ashley Victoria Benson is born December 18th. She's American actress and model known for her role as Hannah, Mar- Hannah Marin. Marin? I'd yeah, guess whatever. Marin. Whatever. On the mystery thriller television series Pretty Little Liars. Never I'd go with Thriller. Thriller? Thriller. 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 All right. So. Starting Thriller. Sport. Larry Bird begins a streak of 71 games without missing a single free throw. Second only to Kelvin Murphy's 78 games on December 19th. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, that's almost the entire season. I think Shaq's streak was like two. <laughs> I think you're being generous. Uh, on December 17th, the 78th Davis Cup, Germany beats Sweden in Stuttgart 3-2. to two. Soccer? Tennis? Yep. Oh, okay, soccer. Yeah, tennis soccer. wouldn't be 3-2, to two, would it? No. Oh, that's true. Could be cricket. So I don't no. know what the hell happened. If it was cricket, we wouldn't understand it at yeah. all. Yeah. <laughs> I almost posted a cricket fact in there. I was like, no, I don't want to open that can of worms. <laughs> all right, so. On to the main show. <laughs> The Simpsons. Okay, so uh, now tell me, tell me if this is true that uh, Mac Groening, 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 rhymes with complaining. Okay, so him, he's sitting in the office getting ready to pitch a show, and he doesn't want to give up his characters from like Life and Hell. So he sketches out quickly the Simpsons and pitches the Simpsons to them. Is this a true story? Yes. And he did name them after his brother and sister, too. He has a brother, Bart, and a sister, Lisa. Yeah, they're all named after family members. Wait, yep. I thought that I thought that Bart was him. He was. Uh, it was an anagram for brat, and his siblings were both sisters. They're all Wait, named after family members. His dad is actually named Homer. That's what it is. Yeah. yeah I was pretty sure about that, that uh, yeah, he, Matt Groening right. was uh, Bart. Okay. Put it down, Bart. Put it down. So yeah, that's what it is. He has, his mother his mother is Marge, his dad is is Homer, and he has a sister named Lisa. So he just kind of sketched something out real quick about a family. <laughs> Dental plan. Lisa needs braces. Dental plan. <laughs> I mean, if you look at these early sketches from the Tracy Ullman show, they're pretty rough. Uh, the only one I remember well is them playing Scrabble in the Quidjibo. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, and I always remember the one where Marge is singing "Rockabye Baby" to Lisa or to Maggie, and she's thinking about the actual reality of the words that she's singing, you know, falling from a, a tree and all that. Yeah. Yep. And then she sets her down in the crib and all she's sitting there like wide eyed, like what the. <laughs> right. And the visual design for the characters was very, very different in the Tracy Ullman show days. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very, uh, for lack of a better term, sketchy. Yeah. They were sl- like, a lot sloppier looking. Yeah. Like Dr. Katz kind of almost that type of. Yeah. When, even when they were holding still, they were kind of like had, you know, Parkinson's. Like Aw, yeah. they were Michael J. Fox. Um, but you know what's funny is when they were on the Tracy Ullman show, I, I love the Tracy Ullman show, and I used to watch it pretty religiously. But being a kid and you're watching a show that's in primetime, 
having a cartoon pop up in between segments was like gold. And I remember I looked forward to whenever they had a Simpsons bit. And that's, I think, why I got so excited when they finally did the Christmas special. Because I'm like, they're getting a whole hour of TV. It was very exciting. You see, I'm just the opposite. I was not a Tracy Ullman fan at all. Yeah, and I, so I didn't even know about The Simpsons until like a couple of episodes into the first season. I heard some people talking about it, so I started watching it. So yeah. I had to retroactively watch anything. You know, I had to go back and you know, and I haven't really seen all the Tracy Ullman stuff because of that. Because you know, I mean, it's just it's not as good, so I don't I don't really seek them out as much. Yeah, I I'm in Pat's camp on this one. I never really watched a Tracy Ullman show. I only saw The Simpsons after people at school were like, "Hey, there's a show that my parents won't let me watch." Um, and that's and that was you know that was part of it. I mean, did any of us walk, go back and watch the original, the very first uh, Christmas special? Yeah, I watched it today. Okay, uh, Josh Joel. I I haven't watched it recently, but I I saw it maybe last year or so. Okay, so uh, around Christmas time, so not too close, long. close enough that you remember. Oh yeah. You know what? I had forgotten. It's really nice. Yeah. I had forgotten how like uh just I mean it's granted it's twisted a little. It's like there's that little bit of. You know, insanity in there with him going to the dog track and uh, the sisters showing up and all that. But he and Bart definitely have a closer relationship in the pilot. <laughs> then they do, and yeah. Then they then they end up, you know, as as they define the characters more. Yeah, yeah. At, but, it's, it's interesting to see how Flanders is not as Christian in the pilot. Well, I mean, they didn't have a lot of you know, like because like if they did it now, where he would if they oh, had the Flanders be crosses everywhere, yeah, yeah, if, if he would have the nativity everywhere, and it would you know, Santa wouldn't even be on it. Yeah. So. um... But yeah, I mean, I finished watching it. And I was like, that was a really nice show. Yeah, and I well, trying to. I'm sorry, I'm just trying to remember why people were getting all wound up about it back then. Well, I mean, there was a little bit of sub- subversive. Don't trust institutions. Don't necessarily respect your teachers. Uh, like, cops are sometimes corrupt. Teachers are sometimes lazy and wrong. Uh, your parents sometimes are uh, lazy and stupid. I mean, there's a lot of anti-establishment uh, considered pretty mild by today's standards, but at the time it was like this is these are not things that cartoons said. Yeah, yeah. And just in general, you weren't supposed to during prime time. You know, you weren't supposed to question the establishment. Mm-hmm. Well, and just think about uh, <clears throat> Bart and the how looked down upon he was for the way he treated his parents and the things he said and talking about cowman and all that. And I remember my mom was hesitant to let me get a Bart Simpson t-shirt because it was there was so much controversy around it. And this was before, you know, the whole Beavis and Butthead thing happened and when it kind of had a shift. So it's tame by today's standards, at least those shows, episodes. Well, yeah, and I think that Mike's got the key to a lot of what was great about the early Simpsons is despite the fact that they're not necessarily the smartest or hardest working people, every episode of the early Simpsons had a message. Mm-hmm. There was something that each char- maybe a character would discover that they were being hypocritical or a character would learn a lesson. And it wasn't the canned – the whole family sits down and dad teaches a lesson that you would find in a sitcom of the era. They would learn the lesson through the comedy and through the plot, sometimes in unexpected ways. Mm-hmm. Yes. You, 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 what was it? You tried and you failed. The lesson is never, never try. try. It's, but no, I mean it's it's they do learn a lesson, like you said. In and I watched, let's see, from the first season and watched that one, and I watched the one where Lisa's depressed, where she's she's sad, and uh, you have to be more specific. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> but in this one, I mean, it's like it's 
I think what it what it was, especially about this one, because Lisa's just sad. She doesn't know why. She's sad. She doesn't want to play dodgeball because she's sad. She gets a letter sent home. Lisa won't play dodgeball because she's sad, blah, blah, blah. That sort of, you know, like, problem. And then Marge is having flashbacks to her mom telling her, always smile, never let people know what's going on on the inside, stomp your feelings down until they're below your feet, and never let anything out. And then she lets, tells that to Lisa and lets her out to school. And the, the teachers are like, you know, so we're not going to get creative in class today, are we, Lisa? You know, and then the, the other kids are you know, like, oh, you're smiling now. Oh, and she's, you can see how um, Marge realizes how hypocritical and how awful that that statement was and how she's been living, you know, since she was a kid, forcing it, this smile out. And I think it was an uncomfortable uh exposure to people sure you know it, it opened up doors that yeah you know what mom and dad really aren't happy but they're forcing it to be happy instead of just you know letting people know you know things ain't great right now and getting it off their chest that's it's more important to just make sure that people think you're happy and i think that's what made people uncomfortable is that it, it was opened up this window into what they were actually doing and having in their life and they don't they didn't like that being reflected especially in a cartoon. I, I, I think it was it was one of the first ever like sitcom to actually address the fact that everybody is human and everybody has the same problems and the same faults and no, you know, and nobody out there is perfect and yada yada, you know, and like the idea was kind of at the time foreign for a comedy. Yeah. Well, sure, because the typical basic layout of these shows is one of the kids has a problem because they don't know any better in their kids. They get themselves into trouble and then the parents set themselves straight. But I found that more often than not, uh, it was Marge or Homer that comes to a realization that they're the ones who are wrong. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, okay. Go ahead, Joel. No, I've been, I've, I'm, I was just going to say, well, and keep in mind that it hadn't been since like the Flintstones that there was a a show on TV that represented, you know, blue collar working class that adults watch. It's not like now where there's half adult cartoons and half kid cartoons. It was it was mostly Saturday morning cartoons for kids and then maybe the occasional thing that was on for adults. So this was kind of and you notice what early ones. But one of the you know, as we mentioned in the this weekend, one of the top shows at that time was Roseanne. Same thing, you know. Yeah, yeah it, was was, kind of, it was kind of a movement at the time to, <laughs> to show more the realistic side of life than just the, you know, June Cleaver is vacuuming the floor in her pearls type of life. Yeah, well, and everything solved in 30 minutes. I mean, there's several times in The Simpsons where, you know, the problem isn't solved. But yeah. they come to the realization, you know, hey, you know, problem isn't solved. We're going to have to learn how to live with this. Yeah, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite episodes from the super early Simpsons, it was a second season episode uh, that hit, touched this theme, was Itchy and Scratchy and Marge, where Marge sees Itchy and Scratchy is dangerous when Maggie hits uh, Homer with a mallet, <laughs> and she successfully gets violent cartoons banned. And then the group that she brought together to preach against violence uh, successfully gets the, uh, Michelangelo's David banned as obscene because he's naked and she's like wait wait what am this is this is art you can't do that and she realizes her hypocrisy in defending freedom of expression in one era area but not another mm-hmm. i mean that's pretty complicated stuff for a cartoon well yeah. that and it's also it's it's talking about the show itself yeah which is one of the things about the simpson that's always been brilliant is it it's got a lot going on <laughs> at all times and that's i a, mean well they, they honestly they, they, especially for their format and everything they have some of the best writing in the in all 
of show business, really. I mean, not not until South Park came along did anybody did you see comedy that had this many layers to it. I would agree, and I, yeah. I mean, I think I think South Park still holds the crown for the most topical shows. Um, oh yeah, because they could spin a, a show out in like five days. It's crazy. Well, and some of the smartest writing, I think. Yeah, for, just, I mean, yeah, for the, the satire is amazing. But The Simpsons, I mean, have fine tuned it to the point where I mean, it's it's seamless. I mean, it's it's they've turned it into a finely oiled machine that just is perpetual motion. I mean, it just goes and goes and goes. And as in these early episodes, one of the ways that this differs from a South Park, which I also agree is frequently brilliant, but South Park frequently takes the easier path, which is instead of going for satire, they do commentary through parody. And there's nothing wrong with parody, but true satire is a little harder. And the uh, these first, I'd say the golden age of Simpsons, I would define as seasons two to seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were all satire of a particular attitude in society, a particular institution in society, and they very, very rarely, aside from maybe the Treehouse of Horror episodes, even went there with regards to full-on parody. Yep, I agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> so let's talk about the cast for a little bit. Okay, you've got what, <laughs> what was that? Well, I don't know what that was. Uh, I don't, I don't either, but it was great. <laughs> it just started happening. It's All right, so Mr. Hanky, we've got Dan Castanella. Uh, wait, what just happened? So, uh, <laughs> wait, what just happened? Castellaneta. Yeah, him. Uh, has been doing Homer Simpson for 587 episodes. Holy. Well, and he was a series regular on the Tracy Ullman show, and that's how he got that part. Yeah, Julie Kavner. Uh, again, also Mar- a cast regular Marge, Nancy Cartwright, Bart. Didn't she just? No, it wasn't. Who just gave up uh, the ghost on Simpsons? He's someone you just, mean who quit? Who quit? Hank Harry Shearer. Okay. Or, yeah, Harry Shearer. Sorry. Harry. No, yeah. Hank Azaria is the one that's like, it's not over till it's over. Don't count him out yet. Yeah, Hank Azaria in do- doing just so many different voices. He does Mo. He does. Doesn't he do Apu? Yep. Ada. Mm-hmm. Um. Also, you know, like I said, Harry Shearer and uh, Yardley Smith doing Lisa and more. Um, We've got the entire cast of Spinal Tap is involved with Simpson. Yeah. Because yeah. Michael McKeon is a regular on and off there, too. Yeah. And you've got people coming in in, in and out. You've got uh, Phil Hartman. Tress doing, McNeely. Or Tess McNeely. I'm sorry. Troy McClure. Joe Matania. Um, Frank Welker. <laughs> yeah. Yes. A, a quick rundown of Hank Azaria's uh, roles here. He's Apu, Chief Wiggum, Moe, um, Kirk Van Houten, Snake Jailbird, Lou, Dr. Nick, Professor Frank, Cletus, Carl Carlson, the comic book guy, uh, the sea captain, Superintendent Chalmers, Disco <clears throat> Stew, Duffman, and the wise guy. Yeah, Woody Allen. How many times is he just standing in a room by himself talking to himself? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> well, and the, the the funny thing about him is that he is just on screen, like when he's not behind a microphone playing a character, equally as hysterical and He's so amazing. talented. Oh, oh, sure. I cannot wear shoes. <laughs> they make, <laughs> they me, make fold me fold out. Down. Plus, he's buff as shit. Disco Stew doesn't advertise. Yeah. So, but I mean, I'm scrolling through the names. You got Steve Buscemi, Amy Poehler, Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Janine Garofalo, Betty White, Sarah Michi- Michelle Geller, Stan Lee. Uh, just Weird Al has been on this one. Uh, who else? Ted Nugent. Well, well yeah, more often than not, they. I mean, they do a really, really good job of integrating celebrity guests 
I mean, whether, whether they play themselves or they play somebody else, like the, the Michael Jackson episode is great. That's amazing. That is oh, sure. an amazing show. Well, I mean, cause they, they started one of the first times they ever really had a, a big celebrity crowd was in the um, the Homer Goes to Bat episode. And they had I mean, they had a ton of celebrities in that one. Most of them, you know, Major League Baseball players. And they they fit it all in seamlessly. Everybody, even they had funny lines. They they wrote a lot of good lines for him and stuff. Freaking always, Johnny you know, Cash did a voice. I did not know he was a coyote. Yeah, he was. Oh, he yeah. was Homer Simpson's spirit guide. Yeah, in the Chili um, episode. Okay. Yep. Yeah. What, but one of the things that has been said about the Simpsons <clears throat> is is you're not an, an icon of pop culture until you've been animated into the Simpsons. Yeah, and people people now seek them out. Yeah, they want to be they want to be part of that that legacy. They've had Jack White and Jack Black. Oh, the Jack White episode is hysterical when, uh, what is it, Bart is playing the drums and they're chasing after each other while they're playing the drums? Is that, am I remembering that correctly? Like Jack White is chasing him, like I, in the uh, the Seven Nation Army video? Couldn't even tell you. Oh my God. If yeah, it's I don't think I've seen that one. It doesn't sound familiar to me either. Yeah, but I'm I'm just scrolling through this list and it, it doesn't end. Of oh yeah, we can't we can't list everybody that's ever been. <laughs> no, I know we can't. I mean, I'm just like oh, and something else. Brad Bird is that the Brad Bird like yes. Iron Giant Brad Bird? Yes, I did not know that. I and for some reason that had never occurred to me. I'd seen the name up there so many times that it never clicked until I was watching it this week, which is awesome. Also, because Brad Bird is awesome. <laughs> that is true. Yes. So, uh, spinoff stuff. Well, yeah, I mean, one of the things that catapulted this from just a pretty popular show into the, like, media craziness it was, you had merchandising, Mm -hmm. whether you're talking about the T-shirts or the branded skateboards, the various mugs, doing everything with just their images on them. Then you get into more interesting stuff, like uh, some of the video games. I don't know how many of the various games you guys played, but uh, they had a pretty passable arcade beat-em-up. Yeah, the uh, yeah the arcade one was well. I mean, it's another version of the uh, like the X Men type thing, but the side scrolling uh, side scroller four player game, which was a lot of fun. You get to beat people with a skateboard. Yes. So uh, then in nineteen ninety one, you had uh, for the NES uh, Simpsons Bart versus the Space Mutants. <laughs> then you had the um, uh, the Simpsons Hit and Run. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Which was the uh, Grand Theft Auto version of this, of or the Simpsons version of uh, Grand Theft Auto? I I'd forgot say all about that. I'd say I it's much that. closer to Crazy Taxi than it is to Grand Theft Auto. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, that's a definitely but, yeah, crazy. That's taxi. what that's what a lot of kids got instead of Grand Theft Auto. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, mom! I, I forgot all about that game. Thing. I used to play that. That was oh, a there's, good game. There's also the Simpsons uh, bowling. Uh, it was the standard kind of bowling with the rolly ball in the arcade. But uh, you could choose your Simpsons character and their ball. And uh, if they struck, they'd have their own catchphrase or whatever. Nice. Hmm. Yeah, I and played bounce. that one quite a bit. So, Are you talking <clears> about <throat> games just then, though? We're going to talk about so the far, other games yeah. now. Yeah. Okay. Just make yeah, we're about, so did, in Simpsons stuff, do you guys own any Simpsons stuff? Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah. What's your you favorite thing? I have a Simpsons chess set. That's probably Ooh. my favorite thing. Nerd. <laughs> I wanted Patrick seriously. <laughs> so nerdy. it's either that or I have a um, replica Duff beer can that has that you can open up and inside is a deck of uh, Simpsons playing cards. Oh, neat! I thought you were going to say there was a beer inside, but uh... no, I wish I have a can of Billy beer. <laughs> Don't drink that; it'll make you blind. Yeah, no shit. It used <laughs> to be a six pack until my sister had parties when she was a teenager. 
Can't imagine these kids drinking that. Get some Billy beer. <laughs> what about you, Joel? Um, well, of the things I have, my my all time favorite is it's on my desk at work. I've got a uh, uh, a plush Homer. He's got like a plastic head, but he's got a plush body, and uh, he sits at my desk and just stares at me. But he's probably about like six or seven inches tall. He's kind of big. And um, there's a whole setup. I don't know if they were a promotional thing somewhere or whether you could buy them in the store. But I regret not getting the other the rest of the family when I had a chance. But I always loved Homer the best. So of the, the family itself. I've got, I've got the whole plastic set that you could get. I think it was at Burger King You oh, know, neat. with Marge holding the, the pancakes and everything. You know that set? Mm-hmm. And I used to use the Homer figure. As a uh, card protector, when I played poker, until his arms fell off. Aw, <laughs> poor Homer. Yeah, his first arm fell off. I was I, I used to call him Vietnam vet Homer. Aw, and the Aww, other one off, just threw him away. That's offensive. <laughs> Hooray for Zoidberg! All right, Josh. Uh, I'm actually thinking about because my apartment is like a museum to pop culture, but I'm not sure I actually own any Simpsons merch. What? Wow. That stuff just, like, falls into your mailbox. I mean, there's probably something somewhere, but I know that that was one thing that, like, when we were growing up, my brother was so into Simpsons and had so many different, like, uh, collectibles and knickknacks that were Simpsons-themed that I think that anything I would have gotten when I was still living in the same space as he was was probably forgotten and left behind and became his by default. And I'm not sure since... You just gave it to him yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, there's probably something Simpsons-related in a box somewhere, but I'm not sure that I have anything displayed from The Simpsons whatsoever on any of my shelves, much as I love the show. I own one thing that has Simpsons on it. Okay. And Pat knows what it is. I was exa- As soon as you said you have one thing, I'm trying to think of exactly what that was. Condoms? No. Boxer shorts. It's a Mr. Sparkle t-shirt. <gasps> oh, oh, fish bulb. Mr. That's Sparkle. right, because I gave it to you. <laughs> yep. That is That's the only right. thing I own that has the Simpsons on it. <laughs> That's funny. Mr. That's Sparkle. Awesome. Mr. Sparkle. Mr. Sparkle, no chirinjo. <laughs> Banish the dirt to the land of wind and ghosts. Well, there's your answer, Fishbulb. <laughs> Such a um, great episode. Yeah. I, I, I got to throw this Carol. out there. Because uh, I meant to mention it earlier on, but I, I got wrapped up in everything. Um, the Simpsons to me has a kind of a special meaning or place in my heart. Not just because I watched it from the time it first aired in 89 or, well, on 87 even to now. But when Juliana was born, I had the first five seasons on DVD and for those of you who have kids, Mike, you'll understand when you're up late with your kid because they're crying or can't sleep, um, you got to find something to do. So at that point, I didn't Netflix wasn't a streaming service and the Internet wasn't really that great. So I would pop in the, any one of the seasons of The Simpsons and watch it. And as she's gotten older, she and I have watched it together on and off. Uh, the entire time she's been growing up and then that recently transitioned into Futurama her and Isaiah watched the entire 10 season run or 11 season run back to back um we just finished it yesterday actually the last episode but i mean she and i a great show constantly you know if the simpsons are on i mean they both love watching it but that's like her thing like ever since she was a baby we've watched it and she asked me sometimes she's like why did you let me watch it when i was a baby i'm like you were a baby you didn't know any better for all you know it was baby einstein See, i never did that <laughs> i i would stay up late and watch uh faust movies <laughs> there's only one yeah just watch the same one over and over again brian Ginza. Ginza. no 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 the, no the the comic book 
Uh, right. Yeah. Yeah. There was a Brian Yuzna movie with that was terrible. But yeah. anyway, <laughs> Tim Vigil, I love you. I'm sorry for writing a bad review. Um, so, yeah, I just had to say that. All right. So, we don't have as much stuff as we thought we did. What do you mean? Well, yeah, what do you mean? Well, uh, I have oh, you mean a bunch. Merchandise wise? Yeah, merchandise wise. Oh, I, I got yeah, plenty I've got for more. everybody yeah, if, if Joel doesn't have a bunch. I, I was expecting Josh to have a bunch, you know, but, you know, and. I got a lot of stuff, just not stuff with Simpsons on it. Right. I, mean, I, got, I got 15 seasons on DVD. I've got T-shirts. I've got uh, all kinds of crap. From, I've got, got bed Pez dispensers and everything. pillowcases. I don't um, have any pillowcases. I've got uh, a book, one of the earlier books that covers like it's just like the Simpsons character encyclopedia or something. Actually, I have it right to the right of, or left of me, and I can't quite reach it. But um, hmm. and then I've got I've got the CDs, like the albums that they put up with the Alpha yeah, Boss and music yeah. with the different songs and uh, Simpsons go symphonic and stuff. Yeah. I've got the uh, there they had collector cards, like tops kind of baseball cards. Oh, cool. That uh, were around. Um, so yeah, we got and, you guys covered. Don't worry okay, about it. Good t-shirts. Good. Yeah, I've got t-shirts. Well, they're all worn to hell now. But <laughs> so what you're saying is, in I case you my shit, so don't don't think that you know. So in case there's a some sort of toll where it can only be paid with Simpsons merchandise, you'll cover me and Mike. Yes, yep. gotcha. having okay. covered in the instance of a troll toll that is Simpsons memorabilia. You yes. must have Simpsons to cross the bridge. <laughs> We got so, you covered. Man. Let's say pre two thousand favorite show. I know mine. I want to hear Pat though because he was. He's like, it's a Lisa episode. You're not going to. Yeah, believe favorite it. episode of all time is a, is from season seven. It's a uh, pre two thousand show. It's Lisa the vegetarian. Is that the? It's still good. It's still good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> is that the welcome to, to Homer's BBQ. The extra B is for B Y O B B. What's that B for? It's a typo. <laughs> <laughs> is that the, I want to go to Bovine University episode. Yep. 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 I mean that joke. I mean that episode is so full of funny. It's just. I mean, every other line is hysterical. It's written so well. I mean, there's so many damn funny jokes in it. Like you know, apparent. My my friend says it's wrong to eat meat. Well, apparently your friend's never heard of the food chain <laughs> you know, a yeah. picture of a human silhouette and all these random animals around it with arrows just pointing to the human. <laughs> That's that the food chain. Where they have the natural predator with the like the the shark the eating the gorilla, the bananas. Yeah, and the yeah, and the shark comes up and just eats him. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that is a great episode. You're right. I mean, there's so many funny things in that. I mean that that whole that whole bit with the the Troy McClure thing. Everything about Lisa, just like you know, like is there anything here that doesn't have meat? Possibly the meatloaf. <laughs> yeah. Uh, mm. And then they, they're talking about, was it hot dogs? And they have like a picture of a rat. And a, is that the one? Yeah. yeah. And stuff, the rat, the pigeon, and I forget the other and thing. And it ends with a, with a cameo from Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney. Yes. Yeah. And it's, a, and it's also an episode that just shows, you know, how much Homer cares for his kids, even when they drive him nuts. Yeah. And Lisa's the one who ends up learning the lesson at the end. Yeah. Exactly. She learns that she was wrong in the way she was acting, and I mean, it's, it's a it's a good it's a it's a really good episode all the way around. It's just hysterical, well written. That's nice. my favorite episode. I agree. I That's good. Stop. Yeah. Um, my personal favorite is from season four, and it's probably not even close. Uh, my favorite is Marge versus the Monorail. Oh, that's my second. <laughs> I watched that one this afternoon. Mono. No. I mean, it's. I think it is, if not the first, one of the first uh, ones that has a significant musical component. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Um, you've got uh, <clears throat> awesome guest star in Leonard Nimoy. Yep. You've got uh, another. Nope. Yeah, I was going to say you've got another Phil Hartman character, Lyle Landley. <laughs> oh, Phil Hartman. You know who wrote that episode? Uh, Conan O'Brien. Wow, that says a lot right there. Yeah, that I mean, if if it, if it wasn't for Lisa the Vegetarian, definitely it would be Marge versus the Monorail would be my favorite. Wow. And I love at the end where uh, Leonard Nimoy says, my work is done here. And Barney looks at him and says, but you didn't do anything. He says, <laughs> didn't I? I? And then he teleports out. <laughs> yeah, that is a good one. Joel? Uh, well, mine hands down is uh, from uh, it's uh, from the eighth season, the Springfield Files. Um, oh, yeah, the Prohibition one, the one with Leonard Nimoy and Gillian Anderson and oh, David Duchovny. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Mr. Burns is drugged up and radioactive, and he's I bring you love, and Homer thinks he sees an alien, and everybody thinks he's crazy, but yet Bart believes him. Mo is all like, I bring you love. He brings us love. Kill him. Yeah, but it's Mr. Burns. It's Mr. Burns. Kill him. You know, I mean, it's it's just, it's one of those episodes. It's classic. And then every time Duchovny flashes his badge, he's like, it's Agent Mulder, FBI. And it's got a picture of him in a Speedo laying down in a seductive pose. <laughs> Juliana, every time she watches it, she's like, why does he look sexy in that picture? I'm like, yeah, I don't understand. But anyway, um, and and then you've got Leonard Nimoy. Speaking of uh, guest appearances, he's the the narrator at the beginning and the end. And then of course he leaves early because he's got to go do something. And then the the teenage boy takes over and he's like, "Watch the skis," you know. And he like closes out the show. And I don't know. It's just really funny. My favorite part of that whole episode, one of my favorite bits in the entire series, is when um. Mo is he runs into the back room. He's like, "Cheese it, it's the feds!" And they've got the the whale back there, Shamu, and the whale turns and he goes, woo, 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 woo. like he's mad. Like I don't want to go back to Sea World. And they're just sitting there hosing him down. He's not even in any water. And then they're going across the field later when they're looking for the alien, and and you see him again. And as he goes off screen, you hear him go, woo, 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 woo. I don't know what it is about it, but every time I see it, I laugh hysterically. So that's my favorite. Mike? Hey, you want anything for Mr. Burns? Better get it now. He's all doped up or dying or something. <laughs> oh, that that is my favorite. Just, I mean, just for the sheer fact, of, uh, that's when Simpsons started getting so, like, just friggin' ridiculous. Because one thing I love about that episode is that we were all together when it first aired. And the scene immediately after that where a mole man comes in and he's like, <laughs> can I get a new mop handle? You're that lovely little leprechaun from TV. I am going to get your lucky charms. And he pulls out that drill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just like. What's the name of that episode? I, I, I'm not as good as you guys in picking out season and episode and that sort of thing. But, I mean, in, in flashback, and just one thing I do remember from that is the look on Pat's face when Molman goes, Oh, my brain. <laughs> my brain. <laughs> It's just him. I mean, just I mean, that is reaching the point of ridiculousness with it, and just how where after so many years they're just like, well, it seems like anything we throw out there, they're okay with. We'll just see how far we can take this. So, yeah, that's season seven, episode twelve. I think that is Team Homer. I think that's Team Homer. Yeah, I just looked up quotes from it, and that's one of the quotes from that episode. Nice. Yeah, so there's that one for me. Oh, yeah, that's the one where uh, he's doing the bowling team. Mm Mm-hmm. 
That's one of one of my favorite scenes too. <laughs> he's like, he's like, championship, championship. The only ship that matters is defendship. Yep. <laughs> and, he, oh, and he puts comes, his fingers, in Homer's beard, and he's like, oh, lost a nail. <laughs> well, that's leprosy for you. <laughs> I forgot we watched that one together. Yeah. Gosh, gosh. <laughs> no Mountain Dew. <laughs> I only clam juice. <laughs> and I, I love I love when Burns puts his fingers over the vent at the bowling alley and his fingers just waggle like a flag. Like <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we got anything more about the Ven? Well, there were a couple of those. Oh, at there. least favorite line, which is a difficult one for Ooh. me because I realize how many lines from The Simpsons I quote regularly in everyday conversation. <laughs> Probably yeah. here. Yeah. Probably the most commonly is uh, actually a Lucy Lawless quote. Hmm. Whenever there's something like that you don't understand, a wizard did it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And uh, the goggles, they do nothing. Oh, yeah. I've I've started using that ever since you used it uh, on the show once to me. Yeah. I started using that myself in my own life. (laughs) And then out of context, the another uh, Rainer... Uh, line. That's the that's the joke. When he's... <laughs> yeah, you <laughs> you do that one a lot. Then. Yeah. Oh, favorite line. That's hard though. Man, I, there's so many. My actual. Uh, well, I'll just real quick get mine out of the way. I wouldn't say this is not my favorite line because it's the one I quote the most or anything. Because I can't even figure out which one I quote the most. But just what I think is probably the best line in the show as far as like writing. Because there's so many jokes packed into just this one line. It's the episode where um, Homer becomes um, becomes head of the garbage men's union. Okay. And all the tra- you know uh, remember all the trash is piling up because they're on strike and he hasn't you know taken over yet or anything. And the town is going crazy because there's trash everywhere. And Marge comes in and says to Homer, he says, Homer, the lady that lives in our trash attacked me again. <laughs> and Homer just looks at her all incredulous and says, That's not the way she tells it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just such a great line because there's so many jokes in there. The lady that lives in our trash attacked me again, <laughs> and then him, you know, and then him not even believing her. It's just that's personally what I think was one of the best lines. Um, I'm gonna go with the one that I quote the most. I don't know if it's the best line in the show, but I just I use it constantly. I still use it to this day. Whenever, even at work, like if somebody says something and, and doesn't finish the thought, I'm like, I need closure on that anecdote. Okay. <laughs> I just, I just I can't get it out of my head, and it just it makes me giggle every time I hear it. Either that, or but that's not really a line. So, never try. Let's <laughs> yeah, never try. I just so many. I mean, so many things I quote from excellent. I say all the time. Excellent. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, dough is now in the in the uh, in in the dictionary now. Yeah. Is it really? Yeah. I actually think probably one of the best lines from the show is an Abe Simpson. So, uh, I used to be with it, but then they changed what it was. Now what I'm with isn't it, and what it, it seems weird and scary, scary to me. It'll, It'll happen, happen to you. <laughs> uh. And just one of one of my favorites in just to like in just a random like there's I've, I've pulled this one at work actually being there only eight months now, but you know people talking about this all kind of like a business stuff and you know it gets that moment. Of quiet, and I go. That's it. You people have stood in my way long enough. I'm going to clown college. 
<laughs> That's well, beautiful. Well, no one saw that coming. <laughs> Regularly throughout this show, whenever we wanted to make fun of Pat for being the lone dissenting voice and the oldest of us, we've talked about old man yells at cloud. That's, that's yep. an Abe Simpson reference right yeah. there. Ah, death. <laughs> that's the lamp. <laughs> Ah, death! That's Maggie! <laughs> What's the point of going out? We're just going to wind up back home anyway. <laughs> well, my, one of my favorite abisms was uh, in a Treehouse of Horror episode when they were doing the Freddy Krueger thing. And, and uh, Lisa's all like, that means every time we go to sleep, we could die. And Abe just pops in from the other room. <laughs> Welcome to my world! <laughs> um. Oh, go ahead, Joel. Oh, I was just that uh, just <clears throat> reminded me of one other thing that I uh, I don't remember the exact lines, paddle part member, but where they're talking about um, uh, I think they're leaving Abe in charge of the kids, and Homer's like, "If you're good, pizza, and if you're bad, poison." He's like, "Well, what if I'm good and he's bad?" And he's like, "Poison pizza." <laughs> <laughs> to alcohol, the, <laughs> the cause <laughs> of and solution to all of life's problems. Uh. All right, so before we go to the break, there was one more thing that uh, I thought was a really interesting talking point, hmm. uh, and it's in the show notes here, is everybody's favorite secondary non-Simpsons primary family character. Favorite secondary character? Yes, yeah. but not – okay, so not like Selma and Grandpa. Right, non-Simpsons family Hmm. secondary character so anybody removed from the family specifically like blood, blood related or by marriage got it right okay hmm. um mine is i i have okay. mine ready so i can go i think first i'm good you, you all prep, prepped and ready to go my, my, my mine has been and always will be ralphie wiggum oh it's <laughs> oh, a good choice he has so many they, they they give him so many just great absurd off the wall lines Uh, i ate the purple ones now my mouth tastes like burning and he's another super quotable one too yeah i i mean i use ralphie lines all the time like whenever i do something like completely basic and someone gives me props for it for some reason i just look at him and i go i dress myself (laughs) (laughs) joel how about you uh i'm gonna have to go with barney I, I've, I've, I don't know. He's done a pretty good Barney impersonation. Hey, somebody left beer in this ashtray, you know, and it would make the guys laugh. And so I just got really into, Hey, Homer, don't drink that brine, you know? So, um, tell him big turn baby. Him, turn him into you. cookie monster on that last one. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> tell him big baby sent you. Hey, ma, you know, da, 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 da. <laughs> Hey, diaper, get back. Um, that, that's not sexy. <laughs> And just and then the, then the Plow King episode, of course, is a classic one, and that's one of the oh, ones God. where Barney really got to shine. Oh, so. Plow King, that's my name. That name again is Mister Plow. Plus, he's no, a tragic. Plow, figure. That's right. You fuck, I, I said that wrong. Sorry. Plus, he's kind of a tragic figure. So you know, in in and of that, he's an, a true alcoholic. He's also you know fully functioning and has ups and downs, and and it's just well, really got well, a lot. When they of, do the, the the origin story, they go back and show him in college and what happened. Yeah, how he became who he is. Yeah, it's a Homer's fault. Yeah, yeah, he just gives him one sip of beer and he just turns immediately goes Turn. goes from a straight A student into Barney. But I mean, you see him, you see him sober, you see, uh, and then he goes on the the straight up and up, and I mean, he's just got this constant character arc, and so he's always interesting to watch because of that. So, hmm. okay, next. Josh? I'm going to have to go. Like, at first I was thinking I was going to go with Sideshow Mel because his reveal is so unusual. He goes from being this dopey-looking character to being having this operatic voice mm-hmm. and being super intelligent. But no, 
there's a much more obvious one once I thought about it just a little longer, and it's got to be comic book store guy. Oh. <laughs> for, for someone who has worked in games and comics retail for as many years as I have and who is so obsessively into pop culture, has had a goatee, has had a ponytail, and has been overweight, like, this guy is the, like crazy bastardization caricature of my worst qualities and like all of the things I'm into. I remember one time, like this was before you were married. So it was a while back when you were still managing uh hobby town mm-hmm. and I was in town visiting and uh, all of us were hanging out. And you said at one point, you're like, I've, I've realized that I'm slowly turning into the comic book guy. And all of us pretty much at the same time, what do you mean slowly? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, for a long time on forums, ever. the comic book store guy was like my profile picture. Yeah. <laughs> so. I can see that. Hmm. I have a t-shirt with him on it. That all it says is, worst t-shirt ever. <laughs> Stan Lee will never leave. Anyway, Mike? Groundskeeper Willie. Well, oh, good one. Yeah, he's awesome. Grease me up, woman. <laughs> it's like, I'll get these children back, dead or alive. Not dead. You never let Willie be Willie. <laughs> like, I told you not to give him the colored chalk. <laughs> oh, Homer, stop pummeling me. It's really painful. Fine, I'll strangle you for a while. <laughs> Just uh, he is so freaking ridiculous. I mean, it's just like you. Uh, I mean, groundskeeper Willie is just. I mean, he's so like he's you always on Scotchtoberfest. Yeah, he's always. <laughs> I mean, no matter what, he's always there's no no like level one Willie. Willie is always at eleven. Yeah. No. <laughs> So, uh, groundskeeper, and this is the interactions that he has. Like when, um, uh, when he he bought um, uh, Bart's dog. Yeah, I bought your mutt, and I ate him. <laughs> I ate his little face. I ate his guts, and I ate the way he's always barking. Oh, you hate him? I. I also ate the mess he left on the rug. <laughs> yeah, heard me. <laughs> yeah, heard me. That's right. Ah, they call this a soccer riot. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting choice. Yeah. Oh, everybody. Good good selection. So I figured everybody's gonna be like Ralph. <laughs> oh, Ralph's a good choice. Ralphie's yeah. Ralphie's an awesome choice, but Grounds Creeper Willie's Grounds Creeper, that's Grounds, probably accurate. Well, that's, yeah, probably more You know, what's funny is if if I was going to go with somebody I I, I think Mo would have been my next in line maybe, but I, I can see groundskeeper Willie. For I sure. love that he's in in love with Marge, but he doesn't even know her name. He always calls her Midge. <laughs> oh yeah, Mo. Yep. I think that's because he's kind of like a throwback, like a '40s style kind of. Maybe I don't know. Anyway, so anyway, yeah. Let's uh, go to the break, and when we come back, we're going to see how the Simpsons have changed. Uh, we're taking our break point at seasons twelve to uh, present, and uh, we'll talk a little bit about the Simpsons movie, uh, how the games have changed, and uh, whether or not we agree with the statement that uh, Simpsons used to be good, but it kind of sucks now. All right, so we will be back in a little bit. <gasps> Pop and fresh, you glutinous little doughboy. Oh, there's something I've wanted to do to you for years. <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, Mr. Burns, uh, I uh, was wondering if you'd like to sponsor my bowling team for $500. Oh, I certainly, Pop and Fresh. I, I owe my robust physique to your tubes of triple-bleached goo. Woohoo! Hey, everybody! If you want to ask Burns for a favor, now's the time! <laughs> <laughs> 
He's doped up or dying or something. Uh, excuse me, I'd like to request $17 for a push broom rebristling. Why, it's that delightful TV leprechaun. I'm going to get you a lucky charms. Oh no, my brains. Hello everybody and welcome to the second half of the show. We're going to talk about Simpsons Seasons 12 to now and uh, about some other things that have shown up Simpsons branded in the recent 15 years. <laughs> yeah, it, I don't know. Like thinking about it, I always in my imagination think of the Simpsons as something that I know instinctively it's always been there, but I try not to think about how long it's been there. It's almost like it faded into the background in the mid-2000s. Yeah, it really did. I mean, I was talking about doing the podcast today at work, and some, uh, you know, I was like, oh, well, you know, what's this one on? And I was like, oh, it's The Simpsons. Oh, well, what are you doing for The Now? And I'm like, The Simpsons. <laughs> the then so is The Simpsons, and The Now is The Simpsons. It's like, it's been around since 89. Yeah, for 26 seasons. Yeah, and, and, and that was that, it was like a revelation to them. They had that kind of like, they just for a moment were like, What? And it's like you don't realize that how long this show has just been. It's kind of like Saturday Night Live in that aspect too. It just kind of just keeps going on, and people you know turn around. And you're like, holy crap, it's been on for twenty years. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, oh yeah, I remember watching that. So one, it's interesting that you make the comparison with Saturday Night Live because uh, I expected going in. It's been a while since I've watched this, and like Saturday Night Live, there is the uh, perception. That the old ones are good, but the new ones kind of suck. And I remember we, if anyone goes back and listens to our Saturday Night Live show episode, we all kind of agreed that that perception wasn't based on anything. In fact, it was mostly perpetuated by people who hadn't seen any of the new stuff. And I kind of went into watching my first new Simpsons episodes in years tonight, wondering with that in mind if it was going to be kind of the same thing. So I'm interested to see how we all feel about that perception uh, as we talk about the new Simpsons episodes. Agreed. So, Simpsons, who continues to watch The Simpsons around a regular basis here? I do. I still DVR The Simpsons. Okay. I don't, but I watch FXX's uh, uh, Simpsons marathons. I'll like tape whatever they're playing that particular week of the theme, and they mix in stuff from the entire run up until you know the most recent seasons, like past couple. So I've seen quite a few of the 2014 episodes. Okay, Josh. Uh, I had not watched a new Simpsons episode in probably three or four years. And I think three or four years ago, the new ones I caught were probably Treehouse of Horror. Uh, until this afternoon when I finally fought my way through. I can repeat this uh, a short version of the little rant you guys got. Uh, it's ridiculous how difficult it is if you don't have them DVR'd to actually legally watch The Simpsons online. Like, I went to Fox's uh, website, and their media player just doesn't work on any of my browsers. I just get a black box. Hmm. Uh, I go to Hulu, and I can watch episodes that are, like, five weeks ago. But, like, the most recent five, you have to verify your cable provider. And the uh, verification, it's like, this may take up to five minutes. Well, the fucker spun for a half hour. Never verified. So, yeah, I I got to watch... Like five weeks ago, all of the episodes I could watch for free on Hulu. Uh, but I was prepared. Like if I couldn't watch those, I would have had to pirate it. And this is like I am the case study for someone who used to be a big media pirate. And if you 
provide something that is not difficult to use at a fair price, I will pay for it. I mean, like I've gotten to the point where with like games I used to pirate, I, I buy them now, just like pay, pay the companies back. Hmm. And this is just the example of media companies not getting it. It's like if you make it this hard to get legally, people are going to get it illegally. So that's a little bit of a tangent. The Uh, Simpsons. I cannot – I'm I'm outside of Treehouse of Horror. I really don't watch it anymore. Hmm. I don't don't like DVR. But then again, on the same notion, I don't have cable anymore. I haven't had cable for – Yeah, that's a good point. Like three, four years now. I mean, I – I probably in the entire run of The Simpsons, I've probably missed maybe twenty, twenty-five episodes total. So I've seen the majority of them, and I still watch them. And I can definitely comment on the whole: is it better? Is it worse? And it's kind of a yes and no kind of thing because uh, for the from like two thousand ten till about two thousand two thousand twelve is kind of when they hit the bottom in their writing and everything and it's almost universally accepted by Simpsons fans that the worst episode ever was the Lady Gaga episode. <laughs> and huh, it's not it's not honestly just because of my hatred for Lady Gaga, but it is just search search the internet and you'll see that there that there's universal hatred for this episode because it's not just that it was Lady Gaga. It's just they wrote the entire episode almost like a commercial for Lady Gaga and it was just ridiculously bad. It didn't fit in with any of the of the universe at all as far as like how the Simpsons universe operates. It's just, it's the whole thing is what the whole show was written just to introduce Lady Gaga as a character into Springfield. And it was just really poorly written, not that funny and just completely over the top stupid. So they kind of took stock after that and they're like, what are we doing so wrong? And they went and they rehired a lot of the old writers that they had back in the day. They kind of came back and they they're having a resurgence now and it's really the writing is back, and I'm not going to say it's as good as it was in its prime back in the you know the, the 90s, but it's definitely better than it has been in a long time, and it's just as funny as anything out there right now, if not more. Cool. That's good to know. Yeah. See, I, I guess this is my turn to be the <clears throat> dissenting opinion because <laughs> I, I went into this hoping it was going to be like the SNL show where it's like I don't know what these people are talking about, and uh, I watched – those five episodes and i averaged one laugh per episode and most of it was just like i was aghast at how bad it was and this is stuff from this season uh i watched i'm trying to remember the names of episodes now i can remember ones from 10 15 years ago i can't remember ones i watched this afternoon which should tell you something yeah Uh, there's the mathlete one uh there's one where uh marge is uh, following around Bart because he uh, did something with a uh, bulldozer and wouldn't admit it. Did something with a bulldozer? Yes, like the cops accused him of stealing a bulldozer. Oh, I, yeah, I know that. Yeah, that that's a that's kind of a weak episode. I know the one you're talking about. Um, like, like wow, wow. All of oh. them were. Wait, did you see the Simpson Simpsorama one? The crossover they did with Futurama. I did not. That was not no, one that, of the ones. I did. That was actually pretty damn good. And I, I've seen the uh, reviews of this season, and that has been lauded as the best of this season. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> well, I mean, after 26 seasons, you think there'd be some slowdown. I'm glad to know that what you said, Pat, that they're they're at least hiring back the old writers. Yeah. So they're I'm, making an attempt to make things better? I, I, think, I mean, I, I, there's a definite marked improvement. I mean... 
So, I mean, they have a lot more misses as episodes now than they used to. It used to be one a season. They have a lot more of them now, but when they're good, they're still they're they're still very funny. So. See, but even it's it's kind of like that old argument about Chinese food or pizza. Even if it's okay, it's or even if it's not the best, it's still pretty good. Like you will sit down and watch an episode, and it's on, and you'll enjoy it. Maybe it's not the best episode you've ever seen, but it's something that's safe and and it's always fun, even if it's not great, in my opinion. Um, and I have to say that I think we talked about this before, but the Family Guy Simpsons crossover, I hated. I, 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 I vehemently hated that episode, whereas the Futurama one I thought was – I loved it. It made me extremely happy. I think there's a couple of core structural problems with the show that I don't know how they get out from under. There's a few things that the writers don't understand about what used to make The Simpsons great. One is that absurdity is best used in small doses. You can't just structure a script to give as many opportunities for absurd situations and have those absurd situations that come up have any sort of impact. Like I didn't yeah, think cause it's, it's supposed to. Yeah, the absurdity is supposed to move the story along, not be not be the story. Right. And the whole setup for a uh, Homer reconnects with Abe Simpson thing was this whole thing about children's birthday parties that tried to be satire, but just was absurd situation after absurd situation with like these shadowy big birthday guys that showed up in helicopters that were uh, held aloft by birthday balloons, cornering Homer and telling him that his children would never be allowed to have birthdays again. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, this is stupid. This isn't funny. Yeah, and in a way, I want to I, I want to talk about this for a little bit. I don't. Are you guys familiar with um, the fan theory out there about um, Homer being in a coma? Yes. yes, yes. I honestly, even though even though the writers have come out and said that's not the truth, I think it just it makes so much sense that it's almost like how could you not even as a writer say yeah maybe maybe that does make sense maybe we should go with it. Because if you think about it, like early in the you know the first few seasons, it was all about Homer and his family and like just normal family adventures and whatever. And after the episode where he got into the in, into the big accident and was in the coma, and he you know and after he met God and everything and all that stuff and, that, and how it all fits timeline wise, it, it it seems you know I mean it seems to fit perfectly and it seems to explain how it went from a a sitcom about a family to suddenly. It's full of celebrities, and they're meeting all kinds of people, and Homer's going into space, and they're going to Australia, and they're in the middle of everything, and no matter what Homer does, he never faces any real serious consequences, because it's all in his head. Hmm. Well, that's not unlike that, that fan theory about like the seven seven different uh, character or arcs of the show, and like they break them down by season. And it's funny, because if you read it, and it's very well thought out, but each like four or five seasons is in this one particular style of storytelling. And then the next season, it's another or five seasons. It's another style. And the writers, again, have debunked that theory. But if you look at it and you read those articles, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting. And I wonder if it has something to do with the writers that were involved or whether it's just the progression of storytelling. I mean, I'm sure those of us who are creative, like, you know, if you create a, something that is ongoing, whether it's a, a like our show, use our show as an example, because all four of us can relate. When we started out, we didn't exactly know the overall things that were going to come of it. We just knew we had a basic structure. And over time, we've built that 
that structure into having cons- a consistent flow. And there's, you know, there's certain things about it that are always the same. And it's grown over time. And there's jokes that are running and, and everything has built upon the past. Same thing with The Simpsons. I mean, it's all continuity and all goes back to the, the start. Um, so it's it's a normal progression. But I, I disagree. I think that um, maybe it's not the season I haven't seen, so maybe I can't speak on it, but 2014, I saw most of that season, and I, I really liked it. Yeah, same here. One of the things I think that they've lost touch with is a lot of the characters you see, the gags are still there, but any lessons learned have been missing for a long, long time. Even the episode I saw where Homer reconnected with Abe, he did so at gunpoint, and I don't think any characters learned anything by the end of it. It definitely is a far cry from at the end they grow closer as a family or they grow better as individuals. It's just one set up after another. And I think they learned that these individual moments, these are the trigger points that make people laugh. Oh, running gags. So instead of having a couch gag, we're going to have something flying in front of the logo at the beginning. And we're going to have a couple of different things throughout the credits. Then we're going to do the chalkboard gag, then the couch gag. And in a lot of episodes, they do the just before the closing credits gag as well. Mm -hmm. It's like... Okay, these are all elements that in small doses were awesome, but you've removed what made the show great to do more of what was great in small doses and made that the whole show. Just my take on it. Yeah, and like there was also a thing, I want to say it was like last year or so, when um, they handed off the uh, opening sequence to different artists. And they wound up with that one where I don't even know who did it, but it was it was so insane where Bart was just like ahead, and there was like it it was like there it was in the future, and there was, Homer was just this floating head, and Bart was just an eyeball, and it was all in black and white and looked like a sketch. Tell me, one of you know that I what I'm talking about, and I didn't like. No, I, yeah, I know hallucinate this thing. Yeah, no, I, I know the one you're talking about. Okay, and that doesn't make me feel any better that you're the only one that knows this. Yeah. <laughs> they have really twisted ones when they bring in uh, guest animators. I remember yeah. Banksy's from a few years ago. Oh, man. Was, that, yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, it just was a skewering of uh, corporate television and the network's treatment of the show and media in general. I actually thought that was one of the most brilliant things I'd seen come out of The Simpsons in. 10 years it was just yeah it was it was very interesting i'm not a big banksy fan but i i mean i didn't hate it well it's a, it's a good way to keep the show fresh and to, yeah. and to let people play in the, somebody else's sandbox you know and it, and, it, i mean i think they've always been really good about you know keeping current you know not, i mean not maybe not as well as like a south park but i mean they always get the the, the most current guest stars and artists and things like that for yeah, you can get a picture of, of what was popular in a decade by watching a season of The Simpsons, and you'll know what was going on in pop culture at that time. Maybe they won't pre- specifically point out that thing, but like where Homer goes on tour with Lollapalooza, and you've got the Smashing Pumpkins and Sonic Youth, and you know, you've got these bands in there, and those were what was that was what was big at the time. So they wove in a story of Homer, you know, taking a but a cannonball of the stomach. Uh, to tie into Lollapalooza and include those those characters. So yeah, but in the background of that episode, there was Homer coming to terms with the fact that he's going through a midlife crisis and he's not cool anymore. Now it seems like the pop culture references are just there to desperately try to seem relevant. There was one I saw where Homer was talking to Mo on Skype, and there didn't seem oh, to yeah. be any point to it. It's just like, look, we know what Skype is. Isn't that cool? We're a 26-year-old 
TV show that knows what Skype is. Yeah, and every now and then they'll have like Marge like do something on her cell phone and talk about the apps or something. Yeah, and it just feels out of place. It's not natural the way some of the early guest stars and the way they wove what was current into a more meaningful story. It, it's back to the like, okay, we've got all these pieces they and just, we've got to desperately try and fit them together to make a show. Where they just kind yeah, of and, staple them in. Yeah. And sometimes they lampoon themselves and, and on things like that because like, you know, there was one episode where they were at a, a, a garage sale or something and um, they, you know, and, and it was like a launching off point from them ending up uh, going to Mr. Burns' house or something. And as they're on their way, Homer's all like, boy, I bet you didn't see that coming. <laughs> you know, yeah. And so they kind of, in a way, they're a little bit irreverent towards themselves in some of their clunky well, writing. It's like well, the episode where they talk about, you know, it seems like every episode or every every day something happens. And within 30 minutes, we wrap it up. Yeah. You know, uh, we got like 10 seconds left. What are we going to do? I, I mean, that know. doesn't necessarily excuse sloppy writing, but at least, you know, they're smart enough to acknowledge it. Yeah, but right. the thing is, is that was fresh the first time I saw it on The Simpsons. The first time I saw something like that on The Simpsons was 16 years ago. Good point. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can only <clears throat> play that gag so often. It's like, guys, you've been doing this for a decade and a half. Uh, it's not... It doesn't excuse anything anymore. It was cool the first time where you're like, okay, we've satirized all these different elements of society. Now we're going to satirize what happens when a show goes on too long while uh, taking responsibility for we might be one of those shows. That was cool 15 years ago. When you've been playing that same trombone note for so long, it's not cool anymore. Yeah, the problem – I mean the problem at its core, honestly – is that this started off as a show uh, that was kind of anti-establishment and it was, you know, irreverent and it was, you know, sticking its thumb out, you know, and its tongue out at everything. And the problem is now The Simpsons is such a corporate moneymaker conglomerate type thing that it is its own establishment. And it's like it can only make so much fun of itself. Yeah, it is mainstream sense. now, and the real fringe, the real anti-establishment TV uh, definitely makes it look uh, lame and tame in comparison. Yeah, I mean, the stuff they do on Always Sunny is you know much worse than what they do on The Simpsons. Sure. Uh, to say nothing of what you're, you're going to see on South Park, and South Park is a different sort of show. They ha- have honed the like news story of the week, parody it, uh, push past just simple shock humor. And I think in some ways Simpsons tried to, oh, this is what they're doing, so let's try and be cutting edge by doing that too. Well, they can't compare with South Park on the cutting edge thing because, I mean, like we had said earlier talking about this, South Park is made in a week. Right, right. You know, they they make it a point to stay cutting edge by not pre-planning this stuff. They see what happened last week, and they figure out something to title a show on it, and I think, what is it, like three days to get the whole episode done? Yeah, like how quickly they turned around the Terry Schiavo episode was insane. Whereas it takes almost a year to do an episode of The Simpsons. Right. So when They have like six different rewrites for every episode. And when The Simpsons tries and fails to be more like South Park, they lose who they are while failing to become something else or something better in the process yeah i mean and, and it's all and when they do that kind of thing it almost feels that it almost feels like they're apologizing for their own you know ability to not be south park and we're like that's not why we like you 
I don't know. No, no, no. It is true. I mean, when they're yeah. trying to, they see it's working for South Park and attempting it, but the reality of it is, is that they just need to realize that they're not South Park. They have to go with what they are. You know, and the Simpsons and the South Park, yeah, they're in the same category. You know, they're animated, uh, you know, pop culture TV shows, but they go about things in two totally different ways. And and they seem to think that the, one of the big problems with the Simpsons now, they seem to think something wacky has to happen every single episode. And it's like, no, these characters are so well-defined and so well-loved by everybody. All you have to do is just put them in situations together and just the comedy will just come from conversation with, the, with, with them because... I mean, some of the best moments in the shows are just like stupid Carl and Lenny having like conversations with Homer sitting in the bar. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I will give them credit that they have developed a very detailed world with a huge cast and lots of references. I do think sometimes they're trying to be a little too cutesy, uh, setting too many references in the background. Where it's like, oh, look, remember this episode? Here's a photo in the background of a scene that reminds you of this episode when the show used to be good. Well, I like how every I, – some some of those gags I do like, though, because, like, every time they go to the store, you can always see tobacco on the shelf and things like that. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah. There's continuity. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. But when was the last time something major changed that mattered? Maud. Yeah, and that was going to be my answer to my own question when yeah. uh, Maud Flanders died. And still, that's going back. Yeah, that's yeah, a long time ago. Too, you know. Yeah, what? Or maybe the movie. One of those two things. How's that for a segue? Oh yeah, let's talk about the movie. Which was how long was that in the making? I mean, they were talking about that for a long time before it ever actually came. Well, yeah, because there were so many years where they were just saying it's just not going to happen, and then suddenly, out of the blue, one year they're like, "Okay, yeah, we're going to do it," and then it was done in like two years. And they were talking about we'll do a sequel, and still not happened. No. What did you guys so, think of the movie? I watched it once. I own it, and uh, my kids love it, so I've seen it numerous bazillion times. And you can't go wrong with Spider Pig. Spider Pig. Okay. <laughs> Whatever a Spider Pig does, you know? Can he swing from oh, a web? web? No, no we can't. Because he's, he's a, a pig. pig. Look out. <laughs> he is Spider Pig. Okay, so did. Okay, have any of you oh, looked Perry up? Plopper. <laughs> um, when did, when did uh, she die? 15 years ago. Yep, 2000. Yeah, yeah. alone say. again, natural Ditty. And, yeah. and that moment when and she got taken out by a t-shirt cannon, and you think it's just going to be played for laughs, and then she's dead, and she stays dead. Yeah, yeah and you're like, whoa, whoa, what? <laughs> the last thing I said was, get me a foot long. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, just, it's just such a stupid Simpsons way for a character to die, too. <laughs> it's yeah. like Susan on Seinfeld. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and I, I think that I, I contrast this with the movie because the movie was funny. Don't get me wrong. But I think the movie kind of marked a shift in the we're going to try and do something daring to we're going to find one liners and play up the uh, silly aspects of each of the characters that everyone's come to know and love to get to the next gag. Because the movie was kind of a string of gags. And once they saw that it could still be popular and it's infinitely easier to write that, that's kind of the direction the series went. And it's just something that I, I didn't like that direction. I, I Well, and, and that I think that's also, again, them kind of in a way imitating the South Park you know, way of success is everything's about non sequiturs in, in the South Park. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's <clears throat> insightful. All right. So the just to toss it in there in the way of marketing. 
The Simpsons mobile game. Have any of us played it? No. I have tried it a little. It's not currently installed on my phone. Uh, my brother was really big into this. And yeah, but, uh, Go ahead. No, I, was gonna, I, I thought you were done. I was just going to say my old roommate Kevin was also really big into it. it. It's got all of the best and worst of the addictive social slash mobile gaming where there are some interesting things with collecting buildings and collecting characters. It's like a mini Simpsons almost like city builder sim city kind of thing where you've got quests like you might have on a facebook game to unlock a character to unlock a new building and of course you can pay real money in order to get special items that keep the uh, glacial pace of the game moving briskly after you've been playing it for uh, more than a few weeks mm-hmm. i i think i had it on for maybe three days and then the the constant pop-ups reminding me to to, to to do things got kind of annoying, but well, nothing really astounding about that game. It's it's kind of like the um, I when I first got a tablet and uh, tapped out. Yeah, that's when you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, same thing. I mean, I, I put it in there, and um, even Juliana played it for a little bit. But those constant woohoo, you know, like in the middle of the night. If you don't have it turned down and it, it all of a sudden it's off, but it starts talking to you and it's like, wait, what the heck? What just happened? Um, <laughs> yeah. So, well, yeah, I uninstalled mobile it. Mobile games now in general. And yeah, I, I was going to say, most people that play those games are used to that or expect that. Yeah. Or you learn how to disable notifications on the app. Yeah. Like, I play a lot of mobile games and the first thing I do when I install a new one is to uh, disable its ability to send me notifications. It's well, like, you know, how frustratingly uncommon it is to know how to do that for people and I don't understand that. Like yeah. They, they want to just bitch about it on Facebook all the time. I'm, I'm like, just turn off your notifications, stupid. Hey. Anyway, I mean, I mean, Joel, I'm sorry. Hooray for Zoidberg. <laughs> so, we've about beaten this horse? Uh, no, we haven't talked about favorite episodes from this second round, right? Okay. The new era? Yeah. I think it's fair. Um, well, <laughs> but think about it. I mean, for me, I, I'm having a tough time because I want to pick something from the modern, like the past year, because I know that it was so brutally beaten. But let me start with the one I originally had picked out, which was right on the cusp, which is the behind the laughter episode where they take it behind the music and they do it about the Simpsons. Um, but they completely make it as if they are real people rather than characters on a TV show. And it's just. Uh, it's just, it's very well done. I mean, all the way around, it's just a brilliant episode. And that was from 2000, season 11. So it's right on the cusp of when we're talking about. But if we're going to go more modern, um, I, and I've seen this episode several times, Brick Like Me from season 25 from last year, where they made a Lego episode. And Oh, yeah, about, that, that is a good, that is a really good episode. Talk about topical. I mean, the Lego movie was just barely out um when that hit and you think about how long it takes for them to make an episode and it, it, it actually makes fun of the Lego movie specifically and some of the Lego um, characters. And it's just really well done all the way around. It's just a really, really good episode. And it has a good, a good message at the end about, you know, playing with your kids and being a part of their lives and interacting with them. So I, I got to throw that in there as one of my favorite of the, the new past 20, 15 years. Hmm. I, don't have one. <laughs> I honestly don't. I couldn't. If you were to ask me of tell talk about an episode outside of uh, Flanders' wife dying, I could not pick one out if my life depended on it. 
I just have not watched it that much since since we weren't hanging out all planning on watching it every Sunday night. <laughs> so, Josh? Okay. I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I'm looking back to see when the last time I regularly watched it and enjoyed it was. And uh, I'm just even looking at the... Uh, t- the Treehouse of Horrors that uh, I watched, and there aren't so many of them. Oh, you know what? Uh, the Lastest Gun in the West from uh, season 13 was not too bad. Um, Which, what, I, what, was, uh, what happened in that one? Um, this is when Bart meets uh, Buck McCoy, an old-time Western film star. And uh, he's trying to uh, help McCoy stage a comeback, and he tries to get all the towns back into the Wild West. And uh, there's a bit of a musical number in the middle. That one's more recent than I thought it was. Uh, This is one that's got uh, – they break into an Oklahoma parody in the middle. Uh, It's a Frank Welker episode. So this was this would have been 2002, so right barely into our second half. And this was actually a pretty decent episode. Okay. Patrick? Um, I would probably have to go with uh, season 20. Uh, there was an episode called The Burns and the Bees. Um, Mr. Burns, he he ends up, he, he wins in a poker game with a professional basketball team, so he, he, he decides uh, to build yeah. a, a, a stadium right in the middle of a bee sanctuary that Lisa has set up. And so it's another, like, Mr. Burns versus Lisa episode. Hmm. And I just, you know, I just love Mr. Burns. He's, I, I, I don't know, maybe he... I was, I was just about to say he he might be my my favorite character besides Ralphie, but I say that about every other character. So I can't <laughs> <laughs> when they create so, but, the but anyway, any episode that involves Burns and his and, and his scheming and plotting, and you get to hear Smithers, and it's just so that that's a good episode. Smithers, there's a rocket in my pocket. <laughs> Would you like it if every time you came home, I jumped on your lap and licked your face? If you did it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> That's where they create the like the monster bees because they they uh, they uh, co mingle them with some crazy Africanized yeah yeah they, they get the Africanized honeybees yeah and they become extra aggressive and she learns yeah and she learns how to like control them right yeah yeah I, I have seen that one all right so what do you think guys let's go thumbs up thumbs down Simpsons then. Thumbs up? Oh, then it's clearly a thumbs yeah, up. Yeah, thumbs, thumbs up, up for all four of us. Yeah, 2000 to now. I still give it a thumbs up. Yep, I'm in that, that camp for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm a pretty resounding thumbs down, and it disappoints me because I, I so wanted the people who say Simpsons uh, used to be good, but now it sucked. I, I wanted them to be wrong, but I, I find myself agreeing with them. I, I give up. watch the wrong episodes. Well, I got a horizontal thumb on that one because, honestly, I don't think I've watched enough to, to make that judgment. I Fair can't. Enough. Yeah, I don't. I yeah. honestly, I for the fact that I can't even remember a show that uh, an episode that I've watched since the year two thousand and now that I need to actually watch a couple before I can say anything about it. But I mean, it also does say something that I haven't actually sought them out. You know that I never really took the time to to watch one. So hooray for Zoidberg! All right. <laughs> All right. So next week, what are we doing, guys? Well, we're uh, going to revisit uh, popular music, as I alluded to in the couch gag at the top of the show. Only, instead of doing Top 40 or anything having to do with hair metal, we're going a little south. Hey. We're going to be talking about country music. 
both kinds of music, country and western. <laughs> yeah, going to see how that works out. Uh, we have our resident expert on country music, Patrick, who's going to be with us. Yay! And uh, <laughs> as if he isn't always, <laughs> we he, keep trying to get rid of him. You know, and honestly, oh. because it's you know, I, Josh, how much country music do you actually listen to? Um, you know, I don't listen to a whole lot of contemporary country, aside from what kind of crosses my radar. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I, I Last don't, time we talked about this, you had two songs on your iPad, two country songs, for your i your iPod. Well, I, I definitely. But that was years ago. I definitely prefer older country to newer stuff, but I've heard most of it. I, I try and keep constant with every genre. I, I definitely listen to more country and rap than most people because those are the two genres that you're either usually into or not. Mm-hmm. And I, I wouldn't say I'm a huge fan of either, but I listen to some. Yeah, I, I, it come and, comes and goes for me. Where I'll have a couple, like a good month, where I like to listen to country again and then swing back. And I love, but I'm like you. I tend to like a lot of the older stuff. You know, stuff. You know, even pre '80s. You know, if we're talking older, older. Sure, Hank Williams Senior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good old, uh, you know, good old fashioned stuff. But uh, if you by chance, you know, we're on Twitter, we're on Facebook, and we have phone calls. We can take phone calls now in the magic of the new technology on the internet. You can find us on iTunes, Blueberry, Stitcher, and TalkShoe. And if you do want to call us, call us at 708-NOW-RAP, 708-669-9727, and give us some suggestions for country stars that we may not have heard of. Like most of them. Yes. You got- <laughs> Good luck stumping me. Uh, never mind. Well, I mean, I I learned under my father about all the old guys. I got all their albums now. So. Nice. So. so, there you go. There was Simpsons. Was that? Don't have a cow, man. Boxcar Willie. Yes, my mom loved Boxcar Willie. Yeah. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. Good night. You are now leading the world of Musings of a Geek Podcast Network. Stay geeky, my friends. Hooray for Zoidberg. All <laughs> right. We're good. Count us down. Five, four, three, two, one, and hello, everybody, and welcome back. We are going to uh, finish off the end of the season. End of the season. 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 We're finished the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you'd like to go back and try again. Let's try that again. You start. <laughs> start Here's a ball. Perhaps you'd like to try bouncing it. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it got away from you. Well, keep at it. <laughs> I started speaking Norsk there for a second. <laughs> All right, everybody tuck your pants into your socks. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>